All right, God is good. Are you ready for some word today? If you have your Bible or your Bible apps, go with me to Psalm 91. The 91st Psalm, if you're unfamiliar, it's about the middle of the book. Psalm chapter 91. We, we began a new teaching last week, and uh, we're going to continue along these lines today. I believe it will be helpful to every person. This message is called Divine Protection. All right? If you live in this world, uh, you need protection. Yeah? And, uh, uh, and, and God offers that protection. We do what we know to do. I think we should use common sense. <laughs> I think we should not be foolish. But there are so many situations in life that go beyond our ability to protect ourselves. There are circumstances or situations that exceed our physical ability to keep harm away. And uh, I'm so thankful that, that the Lord has addressed this very issue concerning our lives. And we need not be afraid, but we can, we can approach life His way. Psalm 91 verse 1 reads, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, under the shadow, remember we said that means under the defense of the Almighty. And so the Lord wants to be a defender to people. But I can also see in this verse that He doesn't come to everyone's defense. It's not automatic that everyone gets protected from harm, uh, but there are conditions that are involved. This, uh, you can see right there in, the, in this verse, not everyone's protected, so I want to make sure that I am. Yeah, I want to make sure that what is under my control, what is in my domain, my authority, gets the protection of the Almighty. And so, I know there's some uh, condition there. We live in a world that's full of danger. All right, we don't want to bury our head in the sand and act like it's not true. Act like, hey, I'm a Christian now and everything's just going to be perfect. Well, that's not automatic. I know some Christians who've, you know, been pretty messed up, right? Gone through some hardship. Probably some folks in here that have, have gone through some things that, you know, it wasn't your father's will. It wasn't his plan, but it happened anyway. And, and that's what we want to avoid. Uh, you know, cars are crashing. Towers are falling. Uh, diseases are spreading, and there are some bad people in our world that kill, you know, demon-possessed, and they make very horrible decisions, and they harm people. Uh, that, that's just a reality of the world we live in, and, you know, I don't see this necessarily getting better, not on a, on a global scale, that as we get closer to the end, that there's going to be less danger in our world. I, I think we all need protection. I think we all need something, and, and, and thank God the Lord has it to offer. But uh, we, we ask questions about these things, like, is life just a gamble? Is it a complete uncertainty where you never can know, hey, if you woke up this morning, you're in danger of getting run over or hit or something happening? Is, is that true that life is a complete gamble? Could any of one of us be destroyed at any moment and there's really nothing we can do to stop it? Um, is God doing it? Is, is, is He bringing destruction? I think most of us know the answer to that, uh, and that's no. Uh, that, that's not the way He works. Um, 
a valid question that we brought up before is why doesn't he stop it? Why doesn't he keep people, meaning everyone, from harm? Why does it seem he keeps some people from, from tragedy and other people he does not keep from tragedy? And we began to get some of the answers. Thank God we have a, we have a lot of verses. We have a, have a lot of thus says the Lord. And if we'll pay attention to them, we'll get answers. And, and we can see very clearly that one of the things that Jesus connected to longevity and being protected from some of these ills of life is the word repentance. And we studied that last week. And I think that's very interesting. We often think repentance, eternal life. Repent, go to heaven. And, and, and for sure, uh, repentance is connected to salvation, to eternal life. But Jesus also tied repentance to avoiding natural tragedy, natural disaster, natural destruction in this life. And so when he ties that together, I think, wow, is there anything I need to repent of? Meaning, do I need to do different? Do I need to think different? Do I need to get some things right? And if I don't, would I be in danger of towers falling on me? Or other modern day disasters and accidents and things of that nature? According to the Lord, yes. Now, I recognize that there are teachings out there these days. There are people, and they probably mean well and everything, but they teach that repentance is totally unnecessary for the Christian uh, today. That after you receive salvation and you're in the family of God because your sins are forgiven, repentance is no longer necessary. I really don't believe that. And I think if you do believe that, look out from above. I don't mean from God. I mean from the tower. I'm referencing that scripture we read last week. I'm referencing things coming and, and, and falling on you and, and danger. I really believe, and we could take a long time to study all the scriptures out, but Jesus mentioned it. It is still appropriate at times for Christians. They're saved. They're going to heaven. That's not in question. That's not in flux. But for them to have some change, change of mind, some repentance, some, I was, I'm a Christian, but I'm doing it wrong, and I need to change. I need to repent and go a different way, all right? I've been a pastor for a while. I've met a few Christians, who needed to repent, right? I've looked in the mirror a couple times. said, dude, you need to repent. <laughs> and I'm, but I'm not talking about eternal life. I'm not talking about going to heaven. I'm not in danger of going to hell. Yeah? If you receive the Lord, you have eternal life. But we're talking about this life. Because do I need divine protection in heaven? You know, it's like the idea, well, everyone gets healed when they go to heaven. Dude, there's no sickness in heaven. And... And if you had a disease and you left it in the grave here, you got there, there, no, there's no healing in heaven. There's no need for it. There's no need for protection. There are no buildings falling down. There are no car crashes. Everybody okay? So we're talking about this life. We're talking about staying safe and being protected in this life. And, uh, and Jesus connected that, connected that to it. I, I want to continue reading and, and, and look at a couple other verses here in the 91st Psalm. Uh, verse 2 reads... I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Now, now think about those two words. They're refuge, fortress. Those might be a little bit dated as far as the language that we use. But a refuge is a shelter. 
um, to some degree, your house is a shelter or is a refuge to you. Uh, I personally enjoy when storms come whipping through, you know, not destructive storms, but storms that are interesting enough to watch as long as I'm in the house. You know what I'm talking about? If I'm out having a picnic, I don't want a storm. But if I'm in the house or even on the porch and a downpour takes place, it's like, this is cool. Wind whipping around because I'm in my refuge. And this is what the Lord wants to be for us. Are there going to be storms in this world? Yes. What do I want to be? Protected. In the shelter. So they're happening. I can't stop them from happening, but I can, I can be in a place where they don't harm me. Yeah? So it's a, it's a shelter. It's a, it means safety. The word fortress, uh, I think we know what that is, but, you know, think of a castle. Think of a, a defense, a strong place. It means protection. He said, I will say of the Lord, He's my safety. He's my shelter. He's my protection in the midst of trouble, midst of storms, midst of, of, of dangerous situations. But I want you to consider the language used there. This is real important, super important right here. I want to read it slow. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Do you see how that's personal? And until this becomes personal, we're not safe. It's one thing to say the Lord can or the Lord has done this in some circumstances, situations for somebody, someplace, sometime. It's a whole other thing to bring this home to your own life and say, He is that to me right here, right now. Amen. He is my shelter. What is the Lord to you? To some, He's just distant or, or unknown or mysterious or, or just, the, 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 just the Savior of uh, forgiver of sins, but it's a whole other level. To get to this place where I can say, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. And you know what? I will trust in him. That's a decision that each and every one of us are to make. He is this. Praise God. Say, say it with me. Say, the Lord is my refuge, my fortress. He is my God. I will trust in him. Praise God. That's a good thing to say. That's a healthy thing to say about your relationship with God and your safety in this planet. But I, I wonder, what if you, uh, what do you say as a normal practice in your life? What do you say about things and situations and circumstances? Many times people say the opposite of this. See, that's a scripture. That's a promise of God. Many times people are saying the opposite. And they're Christians. They've received the Lord, but they're saying the opposite. They, I don't think they always realize that they are. But they speak of life. They speak of uh, activities they get involved with almost as if you can never tell. You can never be too safe because, you know, it's rough out there and you just might get whacked. You just might, really? I mean, is it that uncertain? Should we speak that way? Yeah, I just, you never know. I mean, you get in the car, you could die. Get in an airplane, you could, you could crash. Really? Can you? Could, you? could that happen with you? Is that the way you speak? Is that what the promise is? Did the Lord say? 
He who dwells in the secret place is just, at, just as much at risk as everybody else. You should constantly acknowledge all the dangers and troubles out there because they might come to your door any day. Nothing you can do about it. Some people say, well, you know, none of us are really promised. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Well, wait, slow down now. People throw these statements out and people go, yeah, yeah, that's the way it is. Serious? Is that what you read here? Do we take the promises of God as a guarantee? Or do we say, I know the Lord promised that, but you know, you never know. I mean, is he like some of us where we promise one thing and do whatever we want? Is he like some where say, hey, I'll be at your house at six o'clock and we don't show? Is that the way the Lord is? Are we placing a picture of our life and fallen humanity on him and saying, that's the way God treats us, that we can never count on him? He says he'll be our safety, our fortress, but I don't really know. In other words, what say you? Sometimes we give lip service to the Lord and then we say the opposite of what he's promised us. And we're not realizing that we are removing the protection from our own lives when we do so. We have the opportunity and the blessing of being able to agree with him or disagree. Hallelujah. Everybody okay so far? Amen. What say you? It seems like, it seems like in some situations, um, uh, whenever someone goes out on the road, all of a sudden fear creeps up. Uncertainty. Well, I'm going on a trip, so everybody pray for me. Why, when you go on a trip, do you need extra prayer? It's almost as if the Lord stays here when you leave. You know that's some people the way they think because they'll pray the Lord will go with them. Lord, be with, do you think he was staying? So when I'm here, he's with me. But when I go out of town, he stays here? We know he lives here. Okay, I know. All right. <laughs> To all of our friends watching online, he lives here. <laughs> no, but seriously, I don't think we, I don't think we uh, fully process this. And we go out and all of a sudden we get in a mentality of, I need extra help now because, because why? Well, I'm going to California. <laughs> and it's dangerous. Well, no doubt some places are more dangerous than others on the planet. But who is the Lord to you? Is He your safety? Is He your shelter? Is He your protection? Amen. Do we need extra prayer when we do stuff? No, we should live in a relationship with God where we continually are aware of what He wants to be to us. So do you speak as if He's not present or just unreliable? Um, there should be no fear or worry of us being uh, harmed just at random, like there's just no rhyme or reason to all this kind of stuff. Now, what I'm not talking about, and let's stay out of the ditch, having a relationship with God makes you smarter, not dumber, makes you more wise. I'm not talking about having some kind of cavalier attitude, nothing ever can happen to me, and so we live recklessly, make foolish decisions. Are you listening? 
all right? We want to make wise decisions. I'm not talking, nothing can ever happen to me, so I'm just going to go crazy and do things. You, you remember uh, when Jesus was tempted of the devil and he went into the wilderness? Uh, Luke 4 is, a, is a, one of the accounts of that. It, it says in verse 9, uh, then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they, will, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. How many know the devil knows Psalm 91 too? And he'll try to use it against you. And Jesus answered and said, said to him, that's right, come to think of it, I forgot about that promise. I'm jumping off. No, he said, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So I'm not going to purposefully put myself in a dangerous situation. But how many know that does bring up some questions, especially for you adventurous people, right? Uh, you know, should a person ever go skydiving? Is that tempting the Lord? Should a person, I don't know, other activities? What, what, are, what are some activities that are kind of, should a person drive down Eagle Road? Would that, be, would that be considered tempting the Lord? <laughs> you know, uh, I like to fly. Single engine airplanes. <laughs> How many know when you have one engine, you can't have one go out? <laughs> Say, well, you pray extra hard before you ever fly, don't you? No, I don't. Why would I? Well, if, well, I know, but you could get hit walking on the sidewalk. In other words, there, there, there needs to be a relationship here. It's a way that we live, not just, I'm going to risk my life right now, and so now I better pray. If there's really that little confidence in doing whatever the activity is, then don't do it. Huh? Could a person be an adventurous person and, you know, hike and climb and skydive or do those kind of things and it be okay? I really think it can be. For the believer, we need to not only live Psalm 91 and the, the related verses, but when you go to a situation, I'm getting out ahead of myself now, but this is okay. If you have a real relationship with God, He'll tell you when it's not okay. I, I believe when I, when, when I fly, if there's something, that I'm going to do my due diligence do everything as safe as I know. If there's something that's going to go wrong, he's going to let me know. That's the only way I can, you, can, you can do anything besides, you know, sit in your house and just... It's dangerous. There are bugs out there that could bite you and diseases. And if you go talk to people, they could breathe on you. And they might have something really bad. Now, come on, think about it. Is that potentially true? Yeah. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live as if he's with me always. And he'll help me, warn me, protect me, keep me. I say of the Lord. Well, you say of the Lord. See, he's my refuge and my fortress. He's my God. And him I'm going to trust. I can't say that about you. But you need to say it about yourself. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so all the promises of God work for us when we believe them. We increase this by saying it. I will trust in him. That's what this, this, this passage said. How many know? Someone said, well, it's Psalm 91. Nothing can, nothing can hurt you. No, it didn't say nothing can hurt you. It said nothing can hurt me. 
What say you? Everybody okay? Why are some not protected? I don't know all the answers about everyone's situation. I, I, I don't think any of us can know all the details. But I would ask this. What do they say of the Lord? And some are saying the opposite of the Lord. That can't serve you well. Some are saying nothing about the Lord. So I don't know why that happened, but I am wondering. I wonder what they said about the Lord. I wonder if they said the same thing about the Lord that the person who got spared said about the Lord. Someone said, well, I've received Jesus. He's my Savior. I believe you. There's no question. But how many know receiving Jesus as your Savior is not the same as receiving Jesus as your fill-in-the-blank? You can receive forgiveness of sins and you are going to heaven. Have you received him as your provider? Have you received him as your healer? Have you received him as your protector? Have you received him as your joy and your peace? As your guide, as your shepherd? How many know there are many facets of the character and nature and reality of who God is? I'm not even seeing all of them yet. But the more I look, almost like a, you know, a diamond and all the different facets or some type of crystal where there's more of him. Wow, look at that. Wow, look at that. Wow, look at that. Each time you see it, say, he is my Amen. that. But it's one, it's one thing to be a Christian, to be saved, be going to heaven, you know, look forward to seeing you there. But in the meantime, we're talking about this life. Yeah. Divine protection needed now. And how many Christians really... By the way they speak, they haven't received the Lord as their protector, as their refuge, and their, as their strength. They're going to heaven, but down here, they're afraid of getting whacked. They're afraid of stuff hitting them, falling on them, and I'm saying that could potentially open the door to some other stuff going on. Everybody okay? Look at verse 3. Man, this is a fun chapter, huh? We just got through two verses. Verse 3, surely, don't you like that word? I mean, no, that's different than maybe. Yeah. <laughs> not, not might be, hope it's going to be, maybe, might, if, but, and. <laughs> surely, he shall deliver you. There's no room for, for, for gap in that statement. From the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. The, what's the snare? The snare is a trap. Uh, People will use to catch birds or animals, and, and they have a noose or a wire or a cord. He said, I'm going to deliver you from the snare. You're walking along, and he's going to keep us out of that thing. Now, someone might say, well, I don't really have any danger of getting snared in the, in the literal sense. Whether it's literal or figurative, I don't want in the snare. I don't want to get in the physical snare, but I also have recognize that that language is used over in the New Testament, and it's attached to the devil. So the figurative language here, you know, Paul wrote and talked about the snare of the devil. I want to be delivered from the snare of the devil. You think he has one? A snare, a trap, a something that you could step into and get totally messed up in your life. The devil plants traps for people all day long. What's the promise? Should I be afraid of him? No, I should say, Lord, 
You said in Psalm 91 in verse 3 that you would deliver me from these snares. So I'm about to step into some junk. (laughs) I'm about to get in trouble. I'm about to make a major mistake. I'm about to fall into the enemy's plans for my life. And the Lord says, no, no, you don't. And he steers me right away or triggers the trap before I get there. I say, huh, look at that. We should believe that for ourselves. He wants to keep us out of the snares of the devil and perilous pestilence. You, you might not even know what that is. You know that's not good. <laughs> a perilous pestilence. That's a deadly plagues. We hear of plagues every now and then. You know, coming up, sometimes they come from other countries and they come into our country. Bird flus and Ebola and, uh, you know, different, different diseases come on the rise. What about you? What say you? Well, I'm just not going out of my house. And I'm putting one of those masks on my face. <laughs> well, I've got a promise. Huh? I'm not going to go eat a muff, uh, Ebola muffin. You know what I'm saying? But I've got a promise. I don't have to, I don't have to be afraid of these things. Because he said he would deliver me from that. In fact, he used such strong language. Surely he shall. No bird flus coming to my house. Say, you can't say that. You better not say that. (laughs) What if it does? What if, as one person said, what if the devil hears you? (laughs) How about this? We said it for his benefit. (laughs) Just to let him know. There's blood on on my doorposts. Huh? There's the blood of Jesus that, that keeps me safe and the promises of God. That's what we say. Say it out loud with me. Say, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. of bird flu <laughs> or any other flu or plague or trap. I'll not fall into them because surely he delivers me every time. That's your faith in action right there. That's a release of your faith. Praise God. Verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. Now, now, now think about that. He'll cover us with his wings. We know that's not literal. God's not a bird. But he's given us a literal picture to symbolize, to give us an, uh, an idea of what this is like. You think of the mother hen covering her little chicks uh, from the, the, you know, the rain and the hail and the sun and whatever thing could harm those little chicks. Uh, the, under the wings, there is protection. All right? The Lord will do that for us. He's saying, I'm going to protect you from the elements in heaven. Nope. No hail in heaven. <laughs> no tornadoes in heaven or whatever. Uh, no, that's, this is for here. He wants to protect protect us. What if I choose to run out from underneath the wing? Lord, why did you let this happen to me? Why did you allow this? Why did you do this to me? Why is all that? Wait, wait a minute. Are we staying under the wings of his protection? See, that's where it brings us into it. That's why I ask these questions. Is there anything we can do about it? Do we have any role in this? Is this all divinely assigned? You're going to be destroyed and you're going to be spared? Or are there principles that we can live by? Are there things that we can do where we can make sure I'm staying in that place of his safety and protection? Amen, amen. And he said, his truth 
shall be your shield and buckler. Your shield and your buckler. I don't know about you, but I'm not real familiar with bucklers, but all I can find out is like a small shield. I don't know, anybody carry a buckler with them today? Maybe a buckler on your belt? <laughs> uh, a, a, a small shield. So what did he say would, would protect us? His truth. See, this shows us how people are destroyed. They don't have a shield that will keep harm from coming to them. Why wouldn't they have a shield? Because they're being lied to. The enemy's chief strategy against all people is deception. It is lies. He is lying to people day and night. He has lied to you. He has lied to me. He has tried to get us to believe things that would remove the shield. And if I embrace and accept and believe and speak out things that are false about God and what He wants to do and what He will do, then my shield gets lowered and I am vulnerable to attack and destruction. Truth needs to be so very, very important in all of our lives. Amen. I, I know one of the biggest things he lies about is the character of God. I know there are, there are those who give all their focus because I know there are cults built around the idea that Jesus is an angel and, you know, Satan's Jesus' brother, that kind of stuff. There, there are definitely lies that are, relate to who God is and so forth. But I tell you, one of the biggest ways that, God, that, the, <laughs> that the devil lies about God is about his character is about his love for people, it's about his goodness, his kindness. They try to paint him as something other than a loving father who wants to help and protect and heal and lift. And people get that kind of stuff branded in their thinking and it's almost like the one who gave his only begotten son is almost, you know, in opposition to us. That's a lie of the devil. Someone say, well, I don't believe the Lord really promised to protect us in all situations. Well, you've, you've believed a lie. Because he said exactly the opposite of that belief. If you hold that belief, basically what I can see from this scripture is your shield is down. Well, I really believe that. I know. And that's why you're vulnerable. We can change our beliefs. I need to rabbit trail for just a, mo a brief moment. Is anybody open to changing your beliefs? <laughs> Does anyone in here know everything? Does anyone have perfect beliefs? And I'm in, the, I'm in the room too. I'm not setting myself up as know-it-all. Does anyone have perfect beliefs? If you take that approach, you'll never grow. If you have that standpoint, well, this is different than anything I've ever heard before. Judge it by the word. But definitely be alterable, changeable, movable. That's part of repentance right there. Because if we're not changeable, movable, alterable, if the Lord can't shape our thinking, our believing, the way we act, look out for towers. He's not pushing them down. He's not knocking them on you. But we live in a world where truth is absolutely necessary for us to survive. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I know sometimes people say, I know a good Christian that, that didn't get protected. What about that? Listen, I never want to take a situation that I don't 
have much information about and let that trump this that I do have a lot of information about. People can always bring up circumstances and say, well, what about? I'm probably not qualified to give all the answers because I don't know all the circumstances around it. But I do know what this says. I'm not sure. Maybe I didn't say that well enough. Or maybe it wasn't received well enough. I'm not sure. We'll figure that out later. But we don't dismiss the promises of God because we know someone that from our perspective, it didn't seem to work. All we have is our perspective. This is the Lord's perspective. It's perfect. We always stay with this. Never elevate a circumstance or a story from someone somewhere. Even if you knew them pretty well, you still didn't know everything about it. Stay with this. Keep it on the throne of your heart. Amen. Everybody okay today? Amen. Let, let's, let's read the last, the last part. Well, this last verse here. Uh, no, two more. Ready? Can we do two more? Verse 5. You shall not be afraid of terror by night, nor of the arrows that fly by day. Notice, not be afraid of it. Does it, ex- does it exist? It exists. We're not saying there is no terror by night. There are no arrows that fly by day. Terror and arrows are a part of this world, but they don't have to touch us. Okay? And so, uh, really, the existence of fear could reveal that a person is either not in that secret place with the Most High, or they haven't been educated into God's promises. They don't know what He has said about them in this rough world. So if we find ourselves being afraid to do anything, maybe we ought to spend some time in Psalm 91. How often? Every day and every night until we get it settled, until we get solid, until we get clear. Verse 6, nor, meaning not afraid, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. I like this from the easy-to-read version. You will have no fear of diseases that come in the dark, or terrible suffering that comes at noon. No fear of these things. These are a part of our world. We're not denying them. We're saying, yeah, but I have a promise. Yes, but I have a word from my Father. And He told me if I would dwell with Him in this secret place, that none of these things would affect me. What say you concerning your life, your family, your future, your safety? We live under His protective hand. Can I encourage you to say it? Let's say it again. Say, I believe that in God's protection, I am spared. I will live there. I will stay there. He is my God. In Him, I will trust.